JS TV is now on the air. New Mad Balls are so obnoxious and weird, they'll gross out the entire family. You can toss them, catch them, smash them. You'll want to collect all the Mad Balls, including the new Six series. Just squeeze them till they ooze. They're repulsive. Totally gross. The Totally Slimy 6 Series. Mad Balls. Mad Balls, a new 6 Series. Mad Balls are all sold separately. A man becomes a crime-fighting machine in RoboCop, one of the new movies we'll review this week. I'm Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times. And I'm Gene Tisco of the Chicago Tribune. RoboCop is a wonderfully funny, inventive, and agreeably violent piece of science fiction, and I can't remember the last time I put all those adjectives together, because as a rule, I think most science fiction movies are sort of stupid with their futures that always look like the present, only worse. Well, RoboCop is set in futuristic Detroit, and it doesn't look very good, but the story is a howl and action-filled at the same time. It's a story of a private company contracted to build a mechanical cop because so many of the real cops are being killed each day in Detroit. Unfortunately, the initial boardroom test of the mechanical cop is less than successful. Use your gun in a threatening manner. Pointed at Ed 209. Yes, sir. Please put down your weapon. You have 20 seconds to comply. I think you'd better do what he says, Mr. Kenny. Well, as they said in Some Like It Hot, nobody's perfect. A possible replacement to get the cop killers is a half-man, half-machine called RoboCop. His story is sort of sad. He's really a police officer who's been maimed and put back together as a machine. Nancy Allen plays RoboCop's old partner. She was with him when he was wounded, and in this scene, she helps him get his targeting system corrected after he's been in a fight. Can I help you? Aim for me. Are you locked in now? Yes. A little more to the left. Here. I figure that's dead on. Thank you. 
That's Peter Weller as RoboCop, the star of Buckaroo Banzai. He's dead on. The whole movie is dead on, both as a thriller and as an unexpected comedy. A lot of people deserve credit for this film. Foremost, I guess, is the highly regarded Dutch director Paul Verhoeven, who has previously made some highbrow films like Spetters, Soldier of Orange, and The Fourth Man. Maybe his serious-mindedness helped anchor what could have been a very silly movie into some area of convincing emotion. And Peter Weller and Nancy Allen, plus the whole crew of business executives we saw in that first scene and the bad guys in this film are just fine. RoboCop is quite violent, to be sure, but it is so well made that I think it ranks with the quality of the Mad Max movies, which were also violent and well made. In fact, I like this better than the Mad Max movies. Uh, well, you're lumping all the Mad Max movies together, and yeah. I like them better than you did, so I like them better than I like this, but wow. I did like this. This is this good. Is, this is a fun movie, and uh, one of the strange things about it, we saw it in that very first scene of the machine that goes out of control, is there was something intrinsically funny about any sort of a machine or even a trained animal that is only following instructions and does so in the face of logic right. uh, that, that always tickles me whenever I see it in that scene. Tragic as it is for the I poor know. guy who picks up the gun, had me howling in the theater, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed everything you liked about it, including the nice, tough relationship there with Nancy Allen, who yeah. plays a little different character this time. Yeah. She's convincing as a cop, and, and, and Weller uh, overcomes the handicap of having to play half of the movie inside all of that armor. I mean, you do have a little bit of the fly uh, in here yeah. with, with the love relationship with the guy who's half creature and half man. A lot of technology in this film, which, you know, I thought I, I said before, I'm tired of it with uh, Predator and Arnold Schwarzenegger, but th with this director, yeah. Verhoeven, or Verhoeven, it's good. He's a good director. Okay. Gruesome. <laughs> Repulsive. <laughs> Hideous. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> Obnoxious. <laughs> Revolting, wretched, sickening, blurp balls. They make you want to blurp. If I do, I'm gonna lose my mind I can't ever turn you loose If I do, I'm gonna lose my yah-yah Well, I can't turn you loose for nobody Cause I love you, baby, yes I do Now, ooh, baby, hip shaking on I love you And I do anything for you Gonna give you anything you don't I'm gonna give you everything you want Gotta, gotta Keep on holding on Got to tell you Everybody got to know you Done that in 30 years. Ooh, I, I feel, ooh, oh my God. I felt good doing that. You all gonna make me scream like a white lady. 
<laughs> Woo! Shut up. You know white lady said, oh, black lady said, woo! <laughs> I feel so real. Ooh, I love that. That sounds good. You know what it's in our both are from Macon, Georgia. I reckon some people think you're too old, you can't sing it. C, is that C? Yes, C. Just let me hear that chord, Paul. All right. Ooh, that sounds so good. Sitting in the morning sun I be sitting when the evening come Watching the ships roll in Then I watch them roll away again Yeah Sitting at the dock of the bay Watching the tide roll away Sitting at the dock on the bay, wasting time. I left my home in Georgia, headed for the Frisco Bay. Yeah. I had nothing to live for, looked like nothing's gonna come my way. The dock of the bay, watching the tide roll away. Woo sitting at the dock of the bay, wasting time. <laughs> oh, I just love that. I haven't done that in a long time. I've been watching Tina Turner and everybody that I was back there with, and she looks so good. And, and I, shut up. I'd rather do it myself. Oh my God. See, y'all should record me. I don't know why you're not. And I'm still here, and I look decent. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Make my picture. <laughs> Let the black man make it to go on. Oh, he can't find his button. Mash it, honey, mash it. <laughs> mash your button, black man. <laughs> Acting like his light can't come on. Mash your button. That's what's wrong now. We wait too long to mash the button. I'm about to mash that button quick. <laughs> Ooh, I feel so real. <clears throat> I feel so unnecessary. <laughs> you know, Otis Redding is from my hometown, and I haven't read nothing because I'm from there too. What y'all laughing at? I'm going back. Otis Redden is from Macon, Georgia, and I'm from Macon, Georgia. I was the first one to get famous <laughs> because I was the oldest. Otis is very young, and James Brown, I got him out of prison. <laughs> he was in Tacoa, Georgia. 
And now he done went back again in South Carolina. I think I have to go back down there and get him again. <laughs> I really hate they did that to James. He need, James, is a, uh, James is fantastic. He's the godfather. Let's hear for James Brown. If somebody give me that much time for running, they ain't gonna run no more. <laughs> James just got to learn it's time for him to just get it together. We all got to get it together. We gonna get on Otis. You remember the song that Otis had out? That he had a song called Shout Bama Lama. And, and uh, I had out a song called All Around the World, Rock and Roll is All They Play. How many of you remember that? All around the world, rock and roll is all they play. You remember that? And Otis Redden did another thing, and you know my voice is a little high. He said, hey, hey, pretty baby. You remember that? I want to be your guy. You remember that? How many of you remember that? I've been loving you. A little bit too long. I don't want to stop now. And I love going cold. My love goes stronger, baby. That's enough. I love Otis so much. I just, and I was his idol. He used to love them little turns in my voice. You know, he used to like when I said, my baby. He said, I can't help my baby. He said, ooh, Richard, I just love my baby. Oh, baby. Woo. What else do I He said, Good, I ain't had nothing but water. That's all I had on my table for water. I feel good. I didn't know I was gonna do this. That's dedicated to Phil Spector. That holler, woo! Woo! Yes. Fab, come on, let's do this. Fab, 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 fab. Everybody, come on. Fab, 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 fab. Georgia. His father was a preacher and Otis Redden was a preacher. 
and he was a great singer. I remember, I met Otis in New York. I didn't meet him in Macon. I gave him $50 at the Statler Hilton Hotel and I autographed it for him. And uh, I wanted him to come to the room, but he was scared to come in there with me by myself. I said, Otis, I need to talk to you. He said, I'll be back. <laughs> Woo! He said, I'll be back. And he, he didn't want me to lock the door. I wasn't going to do nothing. I, 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 I wasn't going to do nothing. I just wanted to hear him sing by myself. I can understand the turns in the voice the better when I'm by myself. I just said that Otis loved me. But uh, um, I met him in New York and I never had the chance to go back to Macon and be with Otis when he did Docker the Bay with Don Covey and when he did so many songs with Don Covey. And uh, he was such a great singer and I've all, I wish he had been, he should have been placed in the Hall of Fame before me, you know, he's gone. And he really contributed so much to the music world. And he is a pillar of rock and roll. And I tell you, and when I heard, first heard Otis sing Lucille, I thought it was me. <laughs> Play a little Lucille, just a little. <laughs> See. <laughs> was me. When I first heard that, I said, that's me. It sounds just like me. And I realized, I said, this man is really Little Richard. And when I saw I was his idol, I just loved him. He's from Macon, where I'm from. One of the greatest singers ever lived. One of the greatest composers ever lived. That's including me. And everybody else, Jimi Hendrix and all of them that's been with me, James Brown, the Beatles, and Mick Jagger, too. He don't ever match, but he was with me, too. Mick, you remember that? He said he know he was sleeping on the floor. They didn't have no bed for him. I know he can't forget that car. It was hard, wasn't it, Mick? <laughs> Mick no ain't lying. He was standing in Bo Dilly's room. Because my room was crowded. Just trying to make an interesting so it won't be so dead, Mr. Simon. You know, sometimes you have to liven it up. I'm not gonna say the winner is me tonight. The winner is Otis Reddings. And we want to bring Otis and his family up here. I think they're here to get this great, great award. And that I just feel a joy in being there. Thank you. And this is the first time I've sung Lucille in 30 years. This is the first time I sung any rock and roll in 30 years. It's tonight. Oh, baby.
my picture with this lady, please. I will talk. She, she'll talk in a minute. Let her hold that in her hand. Then she'll talk, uh, 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 Armin. And take Thank my you. picture, baby. Shake his hand, darling. But let us take the picture first, and then you can talk here. Okay. Hold this, cause we need to, this. This need to go down everywhere, from to Macon, Georgia, Georgia peaches. <laughs> Over here, come on, Selma. Come on, come on, we're gonna smile. Wait, it's hard to hold your mouth over the teeth gonna fall out, baby. Snap, come on. That's your butt. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear for Otis Redding's wife, Ms. Zelda Redding. Let's hear it. Come on. Let's stand up in the Ms. Zelda Redding. Come on, everybody. Zelda Redding. Come on, everybody. Everybody. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really feel honored that Otis is, has been inducted into the Hall of Fame. It's been uh, 21 years now, but it doesn't seem that long. We, um, we can't forget his music because it was so great. <laughs> Thank you all. Fun for everyone, sold separately from Amtoy. Take a card, any card. You'll probably wish you hadn't. Terry Drinkwater explains that American children these days are obsessed with the whole disgusting deck. The wonderful folks who brought us baseball cards, tributes to the excellence of genuine heroes, the idols of generations of young Americans, now bring us Acne Amy, Tommy Gunn, Bad Breath Seth, Slain Wayne, and the rest of what are called the Garbage Pail Kids. Among the preteen set, they are really hot. I like two Garbage Pail Kids. The manufacturer won't release sales figures, but so many youngsters have become so obsessed that the cards have been banned by some school principals from the West Coast to the East. Simply said, if you have them, fine, keep them home. Monday morning, I don't want to see them in school. You can't even play with them at recess time. Mm -hmm. What are you supposed to do? Just sit there? I mean, really. <laughs> I'll trade you slain away for bad Brad. Or a rare clogged Dwayne for a hard-to-find furry friend. 
I think they're icky and gross. Some of the things on them are a little bit disgusting. It looks sort of like a swamp monster, but it's from the sewer. And its name is Sewer Sue. I think it's disgusting. Dead Fred. He's dead. And there's blood splattered on the ground. That's violent, or, or is it? It's violent, but it's just like, it, it's like cartoony. Do you know anybody disgusting like that in real life? <laughs> I think they do give ch kids a chance to let off steam together in a not inappropriate way, to be kind of anti-social and anti-conventional in a way that doesn't really hurt too badly. I'll trade you uh, Harry Carey for Messy Tessie. I already have Messy Tessie. Okay. Parents and educators think that this whole garbage pail thing will soon pass. Sorry, what a trade. They think. Terry Drinkwater, CBS News, Santa Monica. Please don't ask me what it all means. Stand rather. We'll see you here again Monday. Good night. The one who started it all, Aaliyah. She's back. If you're girl, In record stores August 27th. Well, the Lower East Side, I, uh, uh, I always considered uh, uh, I don't know about my friends on the East Side. They accepted it. I didn't. I couldn't accept it. I, I. I couldn't accept the uh, I couldn't accept the poverty, and I I couldn't accept my parents in poor circumstances. Uh, I was a depression child, and uh, I couldn't accept the things that were going on around me. I wanted to get away from them. Uh, you never saw a tree. Uh, you never saw anything that was clean. Uh, the houses. Uh, I, I can remember I can remember uh, my mother lighting the room with uh, uh, we had no electricity. I remember my mother lighting the, the gas wicks. Uh, we only had one window in our apartment, and uh, we had four people sleeping in one bed, and we lived on the fifth floor of this tenement, which we had to walk up all the time, and everything was made of wood. There was no iron. The stairs were wooden. The halls were, corridors were made of wood. The banisters were made of wood. The outside of the house was brick. We had fire escapes. And uh, if I took a vacation, it was always on a fire escape. So I, I could look down and see the people, and it would be a, a change from the, if you could call it an apartment, uh, I suppose uh, it was an apartment. But I, basically, I, I couldn't accept the Lower East Side. And there were a lot of people who lived their lives out there. I don't, if, if, if I accept, if there is something that I don't accept, I won't tolerate it. I'll, uh, I'll just break my head just getting away from it. And that's what I did. What kept you from deciding 
to take the uh, you know like a criminal path. You know what, you know why? I'm sure it was easy to go bad. It was very easy, but I had a friend of mine who was shot in the neck. I had a friend of mine, I saw his mother jump off the roof, okay? And I saw all these big happenings. Uh, people feel that when they, you know, gangsters have been glamorized, but gangsters in truth died very young. And they were injured very young. And at that time, uh, the police were rougher on them. And uh, the gangsters were rough on themselves and they were rough on the kids around the block. It, it wasn't the kind of a life that anyone would dream about. And yet, the gangsters did it because they got money faster. They wanted to wear a good suit. Uh, I, I, I don't think their intentions were evil. I think a guy, a guy just wanted to wear a good coat. He wanted a nice hat. He wanted enough money in his pocket to take out a girl. And there are people, it's not a new story. People have gone beyond the law to live better, to look better, and to do the better things. And uh, I was influenced because I, I felt sensitive. We, uh, we used to have a hunchback kid around the block. And before we went up for a gang fight with the kids from another block, we all used to rub our knuckles on a spine. And I couldn't do it. And he used to love it. And it, it didn't strike me why I couldn't do it. He says, go ahead. He says, well, you'll miss the fight. And I says, well, why do you let the guys do that, you know? And he says, come on, I'm one of the guys, ain't I? And there was the reason. It made him one of the guys, because he couldn't go up on that roof and fight, or do the things, or, or run as fast as we could, or get away as fast as we could, or keep from injury the way we could. And this was his way of being part of us. And of course, I never knew that. And he told it to me in one simple sentence. By dramatizing it. They come out at night. They strike without warning. Oh, no! But now it's your turn to get even. Grab his arms! I got mine! Electronic stretch screamers. They scream when you stretch them and come back for more. And when you squeeze their heads. Electronic Stretch Screamers, you can battle them all. And we just told Connie, and she laughed and laughed and laughed. I thought it was very funny, right? Having a little trouble there, all right? First of all, before we go any further, I want you to know the Mets just beat the Red Sox, seven to one. I'm from New York. Edgar lived in New England a long time, so I don't favor one section over the other. I'm kind of bisectional, okay? Now, my next guest, as you can hear, a lot's going on. Her favorite movie of all time is The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. She is called the High Priestess of Metal, the Evil Knievel of Rock, Joan Crawford and Torpedo Bra. Will you please help me welcome Miss Wendy 
does not stand for overdressed. That I'll tell you. You look great. What Thank a you. pleasure to meet you. Now, who picks your clothes? <laughs> what can I say? I wear what's comfortable. I always wear what's comfortable. But how do you... This outfit was particularly comfortable. That was a lot of what now? And that, that's those, those pants of... are painted on, Joan. Oh, I, well, so are those. <laughs> so are those. These, these are zippered on. Oh. <laughs> now, you're a simple girl from Rochester, New York. Oh, please. What happened? <laughs> what can I say? I just didn't fit in. I just oh. didn't fit in. Did you ever think that you... Did you always know you were right and they were wrong? Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, I just didn't fit in. I don't know. I mean, it just, it's just, I don't know. It just didn't work out. It just didn't work out. I mean, I had to, I had to break some rules. I had to, you know, oh. follow Joan Rivers' footsteps. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I understand totally. But growing up as a child, were you always this outrageous? You know what I'm saying? I never fit in. I were, never fit were in. Were you a Girl Scout? Were you a Cub Scout? Were I, you... I never, 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 never fit in. Did you see? Did you see my new tattoo? No. Did you no. see my new tattoo? I, this, this is my old tattoo. That's this is one old. This is I love sex and rock and roll. This is my initials, W O W. Fabulous. And, and this is this is my brand oh, new one. Oh my goodness! This is my brand new one. You, this what, is, United this, Federation of the Universe. That's right. I didn't want to leave anyone out. <laughs> I didn't. I am. Joan, I think you're a woman who's got everything. Yeah, I think you're a woman that's got a great yeah. body. Look yeah. at your body. Incredible. You went skydiving naked. I, that's something I always wanted to do. And I loved having someone put up the money so I could do it. Who put up the money? Playboy magazine. I, they, for two years, they just were on me about, you know, like they wanted me to do something. And I just, I've got a list of things I want to do. And finally, when they said, well, what do you want to do? I, um said I want to walk on the wing of a plane, I want to do some skydiving. And they didn't pick out the most exciting photos because I think, um, you know, 50% of the people in the world have uh, breasts, yeah. but 50% of the people in the world don't walk on the wing of a plane. And they certainly didn't pick the most exciting pictures out of the thousands but, that they had in my eyes, but I had a good time doing it. But weren't you scared when you were going down naked? What if you went off course? <laughs> what if you didn't land in the field where they were waiting with a blanket for you? What if you landed, you know, like in Chicago? <laughs> I mean, that, that would, were you worried all about that? I, it was, it's, it's, just, it's just like when you, at night sometimes you have those dreams like you're flying yeah. and you just feel so good about it. It's just a total freedom. It's just it's the most fabulous feeling in the world. Now, you blo broke up with the plasmatics, right? Oh, no, 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 no. Please tell me. This is just like a concept that Rod Swenson and I came up with. And when I worked with Gene Simmons, I couldn't call that a plasmatic album because it's, you know, Gene Simmons and a Wendy album. And, and then I, you know, like, and then I've been practicing my chops. And there's, there's rumors going around that, uh, that I won't deny or, um, you know, say that are really true that uh, there's going to be the first plasmatic album in four years, uh, 10th anniversary. Oh, be great. One, one be, coming out in February. Be great. But, uh, be well, I, I, look at this, nobody, well, I am yeah. thrilled, and Melissa Rosenberg is thrilled, and a lot of other people I know are thrilled. And I gotta tell you, Joan, I gotta tell you, too, I, you're, you're the woman with everything, and I, I've got a, a great idea for you. Tell like, me. I, I really, you, you don't have any tattoos, Joan. Do you have a tattoo? No, no, and I should. I know a great guy. The next time I come to L.A., I want to get another tattoo. 
And I'll I... go with you. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Well, we have to put it somewhere that not too many people know where it is. All right. I got a great so guy. So you can put it anywhere on me. I got a great guy. I got a great guy. If you put Joan, I'll put Wendy. All right. Okay. <laughs> we'll be right back with Elliot Gould at this message. I'll do it with you. <laughs> It was so unfair. So unfair. Yes. It was. But yeah, anyway, well. um, you know, everyone's been bringing you gifts, Joan. And I brought something from Tiffany's. Oh! For you. That's very sweet of you. I want to get credit for this. clean enough to put in your mouth don't take it home and sleep with it and this song is wait a minute wait a minute this song is work that muscle and ooh that body from body to body. 
It's a world of funny friends and frenzied fun. The world of Madball action figures with head popping fun. From Amtoy. Reading is fun. Try your local library. Today we're going to hit you with some stories you can tap your foot to. Stories told with music. So let's catch our first story by Run DMC, a rap group from Queens, New York. In rap, rhythm and rhyme are everything. It's a kind of street poetry. This video will show you what I mean. Here's Run DMC telling you their story set to music. see some more of Run DMC in a little bit. You know, the guys in the group, Joe, Daryl, and Jay, write all their own rhymes. Hi, Tanny. Hi, LeVar. Do you ever do that? Do you ever make up your own rhymes? Uh-huh. Would you like to hear mine? Mm-hmm. Monster Face, the gruesome monster head you make and remake into the most monstrous monsters imaginable. Now, for the test. Ah! Ah! Face comes with everything shown here. I think everyone should read Peter and the Wolf because it proves that you can tell a great story with music. Thanks, Kimball. I have a feeling we're going to see you back here reviewing one of your own books real soon. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Before we wrap up today's show, let's hear another rap from Run DMC. This is what they have to say on the subject of books. Oh, yes, indeed, I like to read, because reading's fun. Not only me, I'm DMC, but also run from the front to the back as pages turn. Reading is a very fresh way to learn. And if you look into a book, you might just say, I had fun, just like run. DMC and Jay, huh? 
So if you look into a book, like Run DMC says, there's fun to find. It's coming. More terror than you've ever felt before. Dare you let it in your library. Stephen King's newest bestseller, Desperation. This $27.95 hardcover is yours now for just $7.95 when you try the Stephen King Library. Get the King Classics, plus his newest books as soon as they're published, all in original hardcover editions, all at just $14.95 each, all with a cancel-anytime guarantee. You can even tell us which books to send. Call now, and Desperation is yours free for 10 days. If you're not terrified, return it and cancel. Otherwise, we'll send you a new book every six weeks, each with a 10-day free trial. There's never an obligation to buy. Call for your free trial of Desperation now. Call 1-800-545-0700 now to get Desperation. Keep it in pages 795 plus shipping and handling. Future volumes will come, one every seven weeks, each with a 10-day free trial. Keep only the ones you want. Cancel anytime. Call 1-800-545-0700. Theodore Sturgeon was the most important short story writer in the early formation of, you know, what people now might call literary science fiction. I don't know if modern science fiction or even, if, I don't know if the new wave would exist without Theodore Sturgeon. Sturgeon opened science fiction up to vulnerability in a way that no other writer at the time had done. Wonderful ear, wonderful sense of prose. Nobody much except perhaps Bradbury had paid any attention to style in science fiction. But Sturgeon thought nothing of writing a long story in iambic pentameter. He knew how important it was to reach readers through beauty in a way that a lot of science fiction writers didn't really think about. You see him experimenting with forms. You see him trying to import what he's learned about stream of consciousness from reading Joyce or reading William Faulkner. Was sort of a beatnik or a hippie, writing through the 1950s in a very conformist, and in many ways very dull American culture, and he pushed against it. He wrote about bohemianism, he wrote about feeling strange and being strange, and uh, what position that puts you in. Sturgeon also had an insight into character that you didn't go to Heinlein or Asimov, or for that matter Bradbury for. He understood real people, not just science fiction characters piloting spaceships around, well, he wrote plenty of that, but people with pain and love, and he put them into science fiction contexts. No one had ever done that before, and hardly anyone has done it as well since. Yo, what up? Back here, Biohazard hosting Hammond Buying His Ball today, uh, Dynamo Festival, 95. We just seen a triple shot of Nail Bomb, Fudge Tunnel, Sepultura, and uh, now we got these guys up here, and we're doing the interviews, and the, we got the live bands here, and one of the bands today is Madball from New York, our brothers from New York. Yeah. All right, so y'all guys, man, what do you think of Europe, and uh, congratulations on your new record, tell us about it. Europe's real cool, I like the crowd over here, I like the response that we get, real good people. Yeah, the record's doing good, people seem to like it a lot. Yeah. yeah. Yo, uh, how did the crowds, how did the crowds seem different? Check it out. Look, how did, how do you think the kid, are the kids any different? You know, when I say the kids, I mean the crowd. You know, the whole people in general. Are, how are they different from uh, like America or what, man? We. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's definitely different. I mean, uh, in America, they don't respect hardcore music as much as they do over here. You know, they don't give it a chance as much. You know? Yeah, it ain't so much like the reactions 
from the kids are different, like from Europe versus America, but it's more widespread here in Europe, you know? I mean, you got like, I mean, look, we're on MTV here in Europe, you ain't gonna see this in America. Yeah, I know. You know? That says a lot right there alone. That's the whole thing. I, I, we think the same thing. America's got a lot of growing up to do as far as like hard music's concerned. So. Yeah. So, uh, yo, man, is there anything you want the kids to know about like the history of the band? You know, the philosophy behind the hardcore movement and uh, what you're trying to spread to Europe, man. Say it up, man. I want to say hello to my brother Raj. I want everybody to look back into the roots of the music. You decided to start a band or you want to get into hardcore music, everybody's welcome. But look into the roots of the music. Look at the bands that started it and struggled. It's more in the fashion, you know, it comes from the heart. It ain't like the newest trend or nothing like that. We've been in this for like 10 years. You know, it's, it's, like, a, it's like a lifestyle, you know, it's real. If it wasn't for y'all guys, man, Biohazard wouldn't be alive, and I wouldn't probably be alive or be free. So, yo, man, peace and peace to Agnostic Front always. Everybody from New York hardcore scene, peace out, y'all. Much respect to Madball. New York hardcore lives in Europe. Dynamo 95. Hit check out Madball Live. Dynamo Open Air. Peace. with a new group of friends 24 hours a day seven days a week what are you waiting for call 1-809-544-CHAT Paul Stanley of KISS fame is currently playing the lead in the Phantom of the Opera here in Toronto. Apparently some KISS fans, the diehard ones, are having a bit of a problem with this, but Stanley assures them that this is a good move. This week the premiere party was held here in Toronto. Corey put on his best suit and attended. 
elaborate stage makeup kiss lead singer paul stanley is currently donning the mask of the phantom of the opera right here in town so far you know the the audiences here have been phenomenal you know sunday we we sold stools i mean literally you know the place was as, as packed as it could be and you know there's been standing ovations at the end of every show and i'm just floored you know and, and so so thankful let your spirit start to soar. I'm Tracy Melshore for Cable Pulse 24. So here's a new contemporary challenge. This is from uh, Michael Jackson's new album. Uh, his uh, first cut there, Bad. If you could just sort of give us your rendition of it. I can hear that. I'll give it up to the, the first chorus there. Okay. 
Your brother's mind gonna tell you right. You show, show your face in the broad daylight. I'm telling you how I feel. Gonna hurt your mind. Gonna don't shoot to kill. Come on, come on, lay it on me. All right. I'm giving you one on a count of three to show you stuff or let it be. I'm telling you, just watch your mouth. I know you game. What about you? Well, I say this guy's a limited to me. That's really true. But my friend, you see nothing. Just wait till I get through because I'm bad, bad. Come on, come on. Bad, bad. Really, really bad. You know I'm bad. I'm bad. You know you know bad, bad. Really, really bad. You know I'm bad. I'm bad. Come on, come on. You know bad, bad. Really, really bad. And the whole world does the answer just right. Just tell, just tell you once again who's bad. Close, very sloppy, but close. Oh, not, that wasn't bad, actually. That wasn't bad, bad. Who's bad? I'm not bad, am I bad? For the record, if you're curious, it was Jackson in a minute eight, Machida in just 20 seconds. And that concludes our broadcasting day. Till next time. Watch JSTV as it watches you.